showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Longbox Crusade. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are you feeling today, Dr. Cristados? I'm surprised you asked me, Jared. You are a sly one. I could tell by the slope of your ears. <laughs> I have oddly sloped yes. ears. And joining us in our beautiful studios here at 221B Baker Street in London, England, is the Mycroft to my Sherlock, my older, wiser brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. How are you today, Jason? I'm lost. Can you show me the way home? <laughs> I'll give you some fudge. <laughs> uh, it's not as weird as it... Well, yeah, it is. Anyway. <laughs> It'd be weirder if we did it in the Mary Jane voice. <laughs> oh, now I gotta redo the whole thing. Right, here we go. <laughs> I'm lost. Would you take me home? I'll give you some fudge. <laughs> it is weirder. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us our favorite constable, Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. How are you doing tonight, Bobby Wilkins? Frustrated as always. This is like the 1300th house that I've had to go through, you know, looking for <laughs> dead bodies. <laughs> and then there's just thousands more to go. So maybe you should have brought me along. I could spot him out. Yeah, that guy dead. That guy. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> I smell death. In Didn't here. even think about it. Yeah. Bobby's work is never done. And it's just your regular crew tonight, folks. No guest star because we were going to get Dave Collins on the show, but Delvin said no. So moving on. Now, sometimes Saturday matinee theater can be a little bit confusing. Huh? Luckily, we have Dr. Cristados here to tell us what it's all about. Drop it on him, Dr. Cristados. All right, Jared. Let me tell you what Saturday matinee theater is. It's a retro review, sometimes index show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television and movie serials or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. We've got some plans for down the road, but for the first stretch of Saturday matinee theater, we will be covering all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes, with some sprinkles of other fun tossed in from time to time. 1954's Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ronald Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by the fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. And don't forget to have a piece of fudge. Beautiful as always, my friend. Beautiful. Mm. Nice, as nice. Always. Every time. Thank you. Impress more and more. I appreciate it, guys. Episode 10 was titled The Mother Hubbard Case. Original air date was 20 December 1954. The director was Jack Gage. The writer was Lou Morheim, with guest stars Archie Duncan as Inspector Lestrade, Amy Dalby as Mrs. Enid, Delphine Sayrig as Margaret Martini, Jean Ozini as George Martini. Martini, Billy Beck as R.J. Cookson, Michelle Wright as Francis, and K. Richard Lark as Wilkins. Woo! Wilkins! <laughs> Wilkins! Oh, Wilkins. Yeah. Wilkins is free! Wilkins is free! <laughs> free Wilkins! Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo! Sorry, I got excited. That, that is a perfectly acceptable interruption, Jared. Absolutely. I- I'll continue. Reminder, shows are available on YouTube, and if you're talking about us on Twitter watching the show, please mention hashtag I'm following Holmes. Back 
to you, Jared. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Oh, oh, Mary Jane's following Holmes. All right, folks, I'm going to run down the plot summary for you. As usual, I try to write the summaries where I have to get through the plot, so there's going to be some spoilers, but I try not to reveal how Holmes discovers what he discovers. So it can still be fun. If you haven't watched the episode, you can go back and do that. However, we do recommend you head over to YouTube, watch the episode, and then come back so it'll be all not spoiled. Unspoiled. Unspoiled. There you go. It'd be like unspoiled meat from a cupboard. Except not at all, really. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that was, that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> spoiled meat from a cupboard. <laughs> well, all right. Here we go. This episode begins with Frances, an innocent girl lost on the streets of London and a kind stranger who helps her find her way home. Later, Holmes and Watson receive visitors at their flat. George Martini and his daughter Margaret arrive, and Margaret is seeking the help of Holmes. She is looking for her would-be fiancé, Mr. Trevors, and her father, George, seems like he'd rather Trevors remain missing. It would seem that Margaret's fiancé was the man who helped the lost little girl, and he hasn't been heard from since. Holmes quickly deduces that Mr. Trevors is part of a grander scheme of gentlemen going missing across London and the game is afoot. The investigation starts at the Shield and Castle Club, where they have some pretty darn tight security. After a little B&E at the club, their next lead takes them to a seemingly uninhabited home, where Holmes kicks off his second B&E. And just guess what they find stashed away in the unoccupied house. I'll give you a hint, Watson gets a chance to look over another dead body. Bye, Joe. He's dead. <laughs> he did. <laughs> this time, it's the missing fiancé, Mr. Trevors. After returning to their flat, we'll Wilkins pops in. Wilkins! He's great! Pat, where's your jubilation on Wilkins? I said hooray. I didn't uh, know we were supposed to come with a rap. <laughs> to let the lads know that another body has been found in another unoccupied house in London, a pattern is forming. A pattern that takes Holmes and Watson to the beaches of Brighton to chat with the owner of the home where they found the body of Trevor's, Mr. R.J. Cookson. R.J. Cookson is sad to tell them that the only person who has a key to his place is Mrs. Enid, his housekeeper, and she's 60 years old and couldn't hurt a fly. So who's killing all these men and stashing their bodies in unoccupied homes in London? Mr. Martini to protect his hot daughter, Margaret? <laughs> Margaret Martini herself? Beach fashion icon R.J. Cookson? The kindly Mrs. Enid? Tune in and find out. 
All right, gentlemen, let's get into the highs and lows. Pat, ah. what are your highs and lows? And don't babble on forever. Oh, I don't think I will because I didn't really write down a lot on my notes here when watching this one. Let's see. I just have Wilkins. Woo! He makes an appearance. I was hoping for more there, so I was kind of let down, but uh, it's still good to see him. Now, let me ask you again. Is he the first Bobby that shows up in the beginning, too? I couldn't tell. No, that, I don't think okay. he, he was, which is funny. I was watching it with my wife, and she asked the same thing. Because I had to go back and look, and I'm like, I don't know if that's him or not, or not. You know, when they all have the mustaches, it's hard to tell. Like I said, ah, boy, this episode was just kind of, it's very odd episode and I can't really place why I had fun with the last episode and so I'm trying to I can't really put my finger on this episode why it feels odd to me I don't know if it's the mystery to it that seemed kind of pushed or I I don't know I don't want to go out of turn but I I will say I thought this one was probably the darkest one that that we've seen so far I noticed it's the most blatant use of a body falling out of the little fireplace Mm -hmm. thing there and then it's just the case itself. All yeah. the other cases that we've seen, there's been some sort of motivation behind it that's usually based off of passion. And this was just cold calculated. This yeah, lady was just like a serial killer. Yeah, I didn't really get why they were doing it and they would continue to do it. I'm like, this is really weird. Yeah, I just couldn't really understand why she was killing the men. And money, money, money. Well, was she but, uh, the money? but they I don't mean, really say that. They couldn't she, but couldn't she have gotten more money just by robbing the house yeah, or selling the fudge <laughs> <laughs> obviously it was good trying out of fudge people it's were good. dying for it right. <laughs> you know some of the funny wasn't there as well either so that maybe that was a throw off to me as well too i like the part where holmes mentions the trains at 610 and then watson right away corrects him at 608 mm-hmm. you know it's just, yeah, that's the one thing that he knows better than holmes is the yeah. train schedule like to the detail i like the, also the holmes questioning about the tea if it was from the right bottle or not that was funny that, that, was that, funny. that was a good part of it maybe you know what else, else is missing is we don't have decker in it i'm missing that eugene yeah i thought maybe the crazy swim guy was going to be him but i'm like no oh shoot that's not him you know what i think kind of threw me off too is you have watson in the beginning telling the story so it's almost like this episode should have been a few episodes earlier as he's getting to understand holmes a little bit more it's like well i thought he would understand him more now than he did previously oh, so the narration and whatnot is what yeah. that's a solid point yeah yeah because when he started telling him like well don't you know that already it's you know you've been with him how long and you were threatening to leave him already i don't know if this it's is the not- first or maybe one of the very early appearances of the new writer Lou Morheim. And I'm wondering if when we get newer writers, if they're not going to go back to that well, you know? Uh, okay. Well, and that makes more sense. One thing I did like is the use of the camera when they were in this, is it the Sword and Shield or? The Shield and Castle Club. Shield Castle, and Castle Club. As the bartender is kind of talking to Watson and then he's done and he cleans the glass, puts it up and then puts the cover on and that goes blank the screen. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a neat camera trick. Other than that, like I said, it was just kind of something odd about this and, and maybe you guys might help me 
know, if you felt the same way, I, I don't know. Well, let's find out, Jason. Well, the first thing I noticed was it went back to the traditional music. Remember, we had that one that had a piano, so that's kind of a mystery. I wasn't sure what was up there. A couple things that I liked, it seemed like we had more of the old school Holmes deduction, like when he talked about the scar that was on the guy's yeah. head that he couldn't see, but he guessed because he was right-handed and parted his hair the opposite way. I also liked another nod to the traditional homes when they showed the tobacco pouch and the Persian slipper. I thought that was kind of cool. And it also had some funny moments. I thought in addition to the snake poison jar where he kept his tea, he's just watching Watson <laughs> letting him take the first sip. He's like, oh, okay, it's good. <laughs> that, that, that was funny. And then I also liked him using Watson as a distraction in the Shield and Castle Club. That was cool. The only things that I felt were a little disjointed, it just, it may be unfair. Maybe it was the artistic intent of the writer and the director, but this one did seem really dark. Like I said, I think all the other shows in the series that we've seen so far really focused on cases where there were crimes of passion or there was greed, but this one seemed almost serial killer-ish, if that's a word. I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. So that, that one left me feeling creepy at the end. And then also, you know, home shouldn't talk crap about another man's bowler. We all know this. Yes. <laughs> you know? Come on now. Come on I, now. There should have been a duel. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> you don't talk about a duel. Talk ass about a bowler, you're going to fight. Yes. That's it. Yeah. worth two guineas. <laughs> yeah, at a minimum, you got to I mean, you gotta throw hands or something, man. Come mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. But those are my overall thoughts. I thought it was a good episode. But yeah, I'm with Pat. There was something a little unsettling about it. Delvin, what are your thoughts? I'll tell you what I found a little bit odd about the show, and it is they didn't really throw out too many red herrings as to who the murderer was going to be. They kind of did, to borrow a phrase, a little bit of sneaky homes where they let him use his logic and deduction to kind of walk the whole train of thought all the way to its logical conclusion of the only person that the killer could be. And that mystery was solved with probably about, what, seven, eight minutes to go? And so they kind of did it a different way than they normally do, where the big reveal is closer to the end. They kind of already had the mystery wrapped up. And not only did Holmes have it wrapped up, but everybody had it wrapped up mm -hmm. at that point. And so that was a little bit different. Other than that, I think the uh, only other note that I want to mention is earlier on in the episode, they made a, a mention, I think it was Martha Martinez. She mentioned how she didn't want to go to her fiance's room, even after he deceased because, you know, <laughs> and, and, and Watson was like, here, here, absolutely. Quite here. right, quite right. Yeah, quite Watson. <laughs> Watson's totally down with OPP. That's very obvious. <laughs> I kind of want to know the secret life of Watson because clearly he gets down in a lot of wild ways that he's, you know, he's only hinting at on camera. There's a whole thing with the strippers. You know, there's a whole thing with not letting people go in his room. He's always at the club. Yeah. I bet you him and Wilkins kind of just hang out. Wilkins get done with his shift and they're like, hey, I'll meet you at the club. Let's go out. <laughs> Bobby Wilkins can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny though you mentioned because I did write in my notes here, sneaky Holmes. I thought the same thing. I totally in agreement with you there. Did anybody else get kind of uncomfortable in that scene on the beach? It looked like Holmes was like right up in the right face. In of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's always a close talker like that. He does the same thing with Watson, where it's like, hey, say Watson, what's going on? I was like, what's going on? You're in my face. <laughs> space. Personal space. Going on. I know. We got a whole beach here, man. Just take two steps back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, who leaves their clothes in that little changing room area there, too? It's like, aren't you going to be afraid someone would take your clothes or something? And yeah, a different time. Different yeah. time back then, I think. Yeah, that you're left wearing that, whatever that thing is, that onesie with the hey, shorts was, and the... I was wondering if Pat was going to try to pitch that. He's big on <laughs> pitching the fashion. <laughs> Uh, we still got to do a carry cloth one, though. That's the best one. <laughs> Nightgowns. <laughs> Nightgowns, too. Yeah, nightgowns. Jared, the, you? the only thing I have to add that kind of cracked me up was when Holmes was talking to Wilkins, giving him advice, say, well, you need to start checking all these empty places. Well, Strade's worried because it's thousands of places. Like, well, he could just wait for everybody to come back from the summer and just wait for the phone calls, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Bodies start falling out of the closet and out of the attic, you know? <laughs> Bodies start falling out of the place. I was like, that's pretty funny. And I like how Wilkins is always kind of in on the joke. He's like, quite right, sir. You know, like, he doesn't outright laugh at Lestrade, but he's like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I thought that was funny. We got a halfway decent Wilkins appearance, but that makes me happy. Let's get into the fun facts with Jared. Amy Dalby, she played creepy Mrs. Enid. She's done a ton of British television. When I looked her up, she had over 100 appearances on many different shows, including the very popular show The Avengers. She was also in the 1963 movie The Haunting, which is a pretty good little flick. And then we have Delphine Seyrig. That was fun to say. She appeared in the 1973 film The Day of the Jackal. I thought that was interesting because back on episode three, the guy who played Morel, which was Maurice Tignac, also appeared in The Day of the Jackal. So that was kind of interesting. I thought, okay, two people from two different episodes of Holmes ended up in the very popular 73 film Day of the Jackal, which I still haven't seen. I know I need to. Too, but I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen that yet? You shut up. You've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the one with Bruce Willis. Yeah, I saw the remake with Bruce Willis, but I never saw the original. That's it for my fun facts on this episode. Gentlemen, get your pipes out. Pat, Pat, what are you doing? Oh, well, uh, Jared, I, uh, you know I like my pipes. This is one thing. They did a lot of smoking on this episode, too. I'm like, you know what? If I was there, I would have lighted up a pipe, too, with them. I'm sure you would. You always start early. Put put it down. We'll, All right. We'll score it, and then <laughs> we smoke them. Oh, Something okay. Down. Smoke after we score. Yes. Ah, yes. That makes more sense. First, I got to <laughs> score it, then I smoke it. And then you smoke it. Okay. So you've got your five pipes laid out. Pat's probably going to smoke everybody's pipes. It's what he always does. That's why he's mm-hmm. so high strung. He just runs on nicotine and potato chips. That's what I heard. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you need. I've got, I got to cut back on the potato chips, so now it's just more nicotine. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. That's all I need. As a reminder to our audience, or if this is the first time you've ever joined our show, let me say welcome. And here's how our scoring system works. If you give this episode all five of your pipes, that means you loved it. If you give it four of your pipes, you thought it was very good. Three pipes. You thought it was good. Two pipes, just okay. And one pipe means I did not like it. So because he's eager to get them smoked, Pat, how many pipes are you going? I'm going to give this only two pipes. <gasps> oh. I know. Our first two. 
it's something about this one just really threw me off on it. I got to give it two. I, it was okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Delvin, how many pipes are you going to go? I've gone back and forth between three and four. Like when I did my write up here, I usually write down whether it's going to be a pipe or a candy cane or a tummy feather. <laughs> I usually have it written down and I know what number I'm going to read and I didn't write it down. That says something. There was something really off. I'm going to give it a three. It was a good episode. They did do it differently in that it wasn't a whodunit. It was just a walk through mystery, you know, more sneaky homes there. And yeah, the ending was, you know, <laughs> you know, I killed them. You understand, right? And Watson's like, no, no, I don't get it. <laughs> Why did you murder these people for money? I don't I don't understand. You sound pretty dang awful. But overall, like, I was entertained and I thought it was a good steady episode. So it gets a three for me. Jason? We'll pass that duchy to the left-hand side. I'm going to give it four. Like I said, I really appreciated the nods to the traditional Sherlock Holmes that we talked about. I thought there was a lot of humor. I laughed out loud in a couple of scenes. And even though it was creepy, it gave me a creepy vibe at the end. I don't necessarily think that was a bad thing. I think it demonstrates there is actually some danger and some disturbing elements to this world that we enjoy walking through with Holmes and Watson. And this is a good reminder that every once in a while, body might fall out of the fireplace. Yeah, four pies for me. What do you think, Jared? Well, I thought I was going to be the clever one tonight and be like, hey, you know what? I really like this one and give it four pipes, but you screwed me on that, but whatever. (laughs) I actually really liked it, too. I laughed heartily. I already mentioned the Wilkins scene and the tea scene where he waited for Watson to drink it. It is tea, is it? And Watson was like, oh, what the hell, man? (laughs) I just, I don't know. It tickled my tummy feathers. I was really taken with this episode. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to give it a four, just like Jason. The more I think about this, the ending of it, I think they did a better job a few episodes back when it was with the blind guy or how, what was that? Vickers? Yeah, Vickers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that was a better play. It's almost like they went kind of back to that a little bit. Cause yeah, I see what you're saying. It was like a psychological warfare scene type of thing. Yeah, but with the old lady, it didn't seem like that. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the scene with Vickers definitely was better. That was outstanding. Think, yeah, they were trying to, I think, recreate that, like you said, that psychological warfare when he threatens to feed the fudge to the bird and for whatever reason, she can't let the bird die. She has no problem killing It's not men. even her bird. I know. I, it's not even her host. I'm with you. And I think similar to at the end of the Vicar story, we said, you can't leave the body in the closet and get a five. I feel like this was a very good episode, but it similarly didn't quite stick the landing. I think part of the disturbing nature of this episode, the dark nature of it, is she's using this very sweet, innocent yeah. girl. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yes. And the girl goes along with it. Well, she doesn't. I don't think she knows. I think, yeah, you know, but she's, she, it's not the same house. Remember that she asked Miss Enid, you know, how come she doesn't get to stay out whenever company comes over? And then she also asked, would this person, unlike everyone else, actually get to stay the next day? So the little girl had innocent enough questions to ask mm-hmm. that led you to know that she wasn't aware of what was going on by the grandma. It was yeah. Up. yeah, it was messed up. It really was. This has been a fun-filled episode of Saturday <laughs> <laughs> Put that scene with the poison. That was <laughs> where we that was a hoop. snake poison. Snake poison tea. Yeah, that was, that was, that was funny. Part. <laughs> you come for the snake poison tea, you stay for the creepy murders. Oh, stay for the right. fudge. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get into our shares, likes, and retweets. Let's see what's in the mailbag here over at 221B. 
This episode's mailbag, we're going to be, unfortunately, without Delvin. He bumped into a little girl just outside the studios there, and she was lost, needed to find her way home. So he's going to handle that. I'm sure nothing bad could possibly come of it. Right. Starting off with our likes, shares, and retweets. I'll kick it off with Sherlock28 at 78 Sherlock. Jason, who's up next? We got our old pal Al Sedano. I left my there you go. There you go. <laughs> Waiting for it. Ah, yes. Then we're going to go to one of our hosts that was just on is Ellen J. Porter. Thank you, Ellen. Classy. Hey, Porter. Like- hey, Porter. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I will see your Alan and raise you an Alan with Alan Middleton. Oh. The professor. Then we have boldoutlaw.com at boldoutlaw. That's bold. That's bold, baby. Speaking about bold, let's talk about Chris at BTO and Fat Books. Let it play roll down the highway. highway. Roll, 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 roll. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Can't help it, man. Try to keep it in, but I can't. Next up, Coffee and Comics. Thanks for uh, all you do, Coffee and Comics blog. And Daniel T. Foster at Weird One. Thanks for listening, Daniel. Then we have our old friend, Dave Collins. Thank you, Dave. Mr. Old Ben One. That wizard's just a crazy old man. And next up, we've got Gal Walks into a Comic Shop. Thanks, at Gal Walks. Then we've got Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Thanks for listening, Gene. In brightest day and darkest night, we have Green Lantern HG spreading his light for us. Thank you. Next up, we got Ian Jacklin. That sounds like a new one. Ian Jacklin at Scarlet SIG. Thanks, Ian. Next, we have Bond. J. Bond at Von Groose. Thanks for listening, Mr. Bond. We expect you to die. (laughs) (laughs) And we want to give a big thanks to one of our crossovers from our Bond podcast that listened to the Casino Royale one is Joseph Iliff. Thanks, Joseph. Agent Iliff, I should say. Agent Iliff. Right. Welcome to the family. Big welcome back to Craig Peterson. He just rejoined Twitter after a long hiatus, and one of the first things he did was like, share, or retweet our show. So thanks, Craig. Oh, awesome. Next, we have one of the coolest Australians out there. Let's talk paramecium's, better known as Paul Hicks, at reading underscore Hicks. Thanks for listening, Paul. Good on you. Get on, you might. Speaking about being proud of where you're from, let's talk, give a bit proud from Mike Peacock. Thank you, Mike. Uh-uh. Is that what the stuff? Peacock sounds like, I don't know. I'm uh, sure. sure. <laughs> Speaking of sure, <laughs> Positive For Sure is our next shout out. So thanks, Positive For Sure. Definitely, for sure. And you know him, you love him. It's Professor Frenzy at Professor Frenzy. Thanks for tuning in, Professor. Then we have our friends at Research and Development, otherwise known as Rad at Ruth and Darren for Rad Adventures. Thank you, Ruth and Darren. Next up, we've got... Not sure. <laughs> Who do we have here? This is confusing. It says Ross Michaud. feel like he's known mm-hmm. by other names, but we're looking into it. Thanks, Ross. And then we have the R from the R&D Adventures, Ruth Sutherland. Looking forward to seeing you coming up here at Rose City Comic Con, Ruth. Want to give a big thanks to Secret Transmission Podcast. Keep it secret. Keep it <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Secret 
Transmission Podcast. And I will shout out to Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast with our friend at Sean42AZ. Next, we have the Tim Drake Podcast at LTD Podcast. It's Everybody Loves the Drake Podcast. Thank you. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Now I it's do. It's a shorten up. Now. Okay. Now you do. Space. Now I do. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. The needs My of the many. <laughs> I think this one's actually you, Pat. Outweigh the needs oh, is of it? the few. I was like trying to give oh, you yeah, background. <laughs> We're going to give a big thank you to our favorite hiking podcast, Trucker Talk, where they like to talk about hiking. <laughs> in the and woods. Captain James T. Kirk. Okay. And occasionally yes. Ron Randall's Tracker, which is awesome, yes. and you should be reading it. And if you happen to be at Rose City Comic Con on September 7th through 9th, stop by uh, Mr. Randall's booth and uh, check it out. Very cool. I hear he's got a new book out. So go ahead and get it. Is it next to like William Shatner's booth? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to buy one directly from him because every time I do, he draws a little sketch in my book, which is really cool. cool. Also shout out to Xenozoic Xenophiles. I guess it's my turn. I just, I don't want it to end, but we got to wrap it up. And the last one, but definitely not least is Zach Sally at Zach underscore Sally. Thanks for listening, Zach. Let those comments, those right. comments down. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess it's time to go into mailbag, see what people have mailed to us over here at 221B. And Pat has not put his violin on top of the mailbag today, which is good. Mm-mm. The mailbag. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. Why does the mailbag smell like stale potato chips? Don't ask. Have you been hiding <laughs> chips in the mailbag? <laughs> I always got to have some comfort food from home. Mm. So, uh, well, there's a long plane so flight over here to our studios yeah. in London. And I, I order the family we size. Order fish and chips, but do we ever get chips? No. We get the fish and some soggy fries. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so confusing. Well, let me just go in here, get past this chip dust, and grab a letter. Hey, well, can you uh, hand me that bag of um, barbecue, please? No. <laughs> Chip, no. No, you're oh, cut off. After, I'll save it you're for cut Yeah, I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> Here's let me get the letter out. I'll get one out for you, Pat. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to read this one. It's from Paul Hicks. And it says, this was all fun, but I'm becoming a connoisseur of the bit where at Christatos01, hey, that's me, enthusiastically explains the point of the show. I would like him to do this for me for all things I don't understand in life. Well, Paul, where would you like me to begin? <laughs> When a man and a woman really like one another. <laughs> Let's start with the birds and the bees. <laughs> Enthusiastically from Peppy Pat. Yes, Paul, that's officially called Peppy Pat. there was light. Yes. Peppy Pat. And it sounds Pepe like a good idea at first. <laughs> but once you get Peppy going, you can't stop Peppy Pat. Okay. You can't stop Peppy Pat. You can't hold me. You can't contain me. I'm so Peppy. I'm going to just go back in this mailbag here and... Give me my chips now. All right. Take some chips, and here's a letter for Jason. All right. We got one here from David Collins at Old Ben One, and he says, Great episode, guys. I didn't miss Sherlock Holmes, but knowing he'll be back eases my mind. I have to say, my high hopes for this episode is learning how to play Baccarat. Right, Alan? Right, Mr. Porter? Baccarat. I thought they gave a great lesson. I had no clue how to play. So hopefully you got to watch, you got to listen, and now you learn how to play Baccarat, right? Is that That's how you say it? No, well, Mr. Porter will fix my... He'll jump in with a swift. Banco, Sweevy. <laughs> pass to the right. Sweevy. Pass to the left, pass to the right. 
Glad you enjoyed the episode, and I would keep an eye out for when we hit our next mile marker of 20 episodes to see what movie we might watch for that one. Ooh, I'm excited. I can't wait. Ooh. Nine more to go. We are closing in. All right, I'm going to pull one more letter out for me. And I've got one here from Drawn Out Dad. Drawn Out Dad said our episode sounds good. It says that he has both the VHS and the DVD versions of Casino Royale 54. I like your hoarder style drawn out dad. And it looks like Delvin is coming back. He must have taken care of that little girl. What's he got in his what's he got in his hand? What's on that plate, Pat? It looks like some fudge. Ooh, I'm hungry for some fudge. Yeah, let's let's dive in on some fudge. But before we do that, let's wrap this bad boy up. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or most podcatchers at www.longboxcrusade.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at Longbox Crusade. We're also on Facebook at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. And if you want to hear us on our track through all the James Bond films, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Sean, where can they find that? Well, laddie, I'm here, and I'm sober tonight. I'm just kidding. I'm drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I don't believe that, Mr. Cobb. You bought it for a second, you <laughs> stupid bastard. <laughs> anyway, if you want to listen to these numb nuts talk about James Bond, you can check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. It's on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. You can check it out at www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or on Twitter at OHMSpod. I'll be home when I damn well feel like it. Back to you. Thank you, Mr. Connery. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be You know, found- sometimes you lose things. You lose <laughs> your addresses, you lose your purse, your car keys. It's rather like that. Now you have it, and now you don't. Somebody throw a ball in the opposite direction. Uh, somebody, somebody give him some fudge. Chasing it. Yes. Uh, don't worry, Jason. Since he's in my house, I got it taken care of. Here, Here's an old copy of Hustler. Spot on, boy. Spot on. <laughs> He's gone. He left. All right. That should keep him out of our hair for the next 10 minutes or so. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Pat, where can they find you? Well, Jason, I can be found at Christatos01 on the Twitter. Back to you. Delvin, where can they find you, sir? As always, at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977 on the Twitters. Thanks, Delvin. Jared, how about you? I'm at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, at Yard Sale Artist on Facebook, on Instagram... Get rid of Mike, boy. This Nancy boy thinks she can paint on anything. Look at me. I'm an artist. Get back in the... I'm sorry. On Instagram, I'm also a yard sale artist. I told you, it is rough when you got to sit him. It's your week. You take care of him. That is a feisty octogenarian. Well, he's not got- appreciate the arts. He makes fun of my paintings. He's, he's not fun. <laughs> not at all. Keeps telling stories about Ursula Andress. Ah. <laughs> disturbing. Anyway, thank you, Jared. And I'm Jason Albrick. You can find me at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram or at Weasel Skull on Twitter. And that'll wrap us up. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next episode where we'll get back to homes. The next episode is The Case of the Red-Headed League. The meetup location? 221B Baker Street, obviously. Mm-hmm.